Welcome to Funding the Dream, a Game Whisper podcast for Kickstarters. I'm Richard Bliss, your host, the Game Whisper, and today I'm joined by Doug Click. Doug is an active participant on Board Game Geek and keeps track of the top 10 Kickstarter game projects on Board Game Geek, and I've invited him to the show today. Doug, thank you for joining me. Thank you for inviting me. Doug, uh, Kickstarter has been absolutely crazy as we have watched over this past year. 2011 has seen uh, a growth. You started the top 10 uh, Kickstarter projects a while back on Board Game Geek. When, when did you start that? I actually started keeping track of the top 10 in October, right after Alien Frontiers became, well, the expansions to Alien Frontiers became number one. What prompted you to do that? I was just curious to see how the lineup of the top 10 would change over time. And so now, since October, so you, you kind of kept track since October. And so tell us right up front, how has the last, uh, how, how has that top 10 list changed over the last just couple of months? Over the last couple of months, there's been three different games that have gone into the top 10 and not, of course, the three bottom out. Um, right. So those three that have dropped out, I think. Uh, Startup Fever was one of your original top tens, right? That uh, was number ten originally. And then uh, I think uh, what else just dropped out? Carnival. Carnival was I think number seven at the time. Uh, the actually there was four: Dice Age Alpha. Oh, that's right, Dice Age Alpha. And Lasan. Right, Lasan, and Lasan was a fairly older game, wasn't that correct? When I say older in in Kickstarter time, earlier in the year. Yeah, it was, it was in August that okay. it the number that it achieved. So um, when you when you track these, what do, what do you do? You just kind of go out there and look, and I've noticed that uh, what's the criteria you use to be on your list? It has to be an actual game, an actual board game or card game. And, of course, I, I get the, the dice game, Dice Age. was really a dice game. It had several games with it. And so I, I don't include RPGs because they're not actual board games. And then there are a couple of items on there that aren't really board games at all, such as the project to beautify Settlers of Catan. Right. Uh, board, uh, board crafting is what that was called. Yes. Okay. So since it wasn't a unique game, I did not include it in the list. Got it. All right. And then uh, what about card, uh, card games? Those are included. Not, not the poker cards that are pretty prevalent on Kickstarter right now. Yeah, the art, I, call, I almost consider those as simply a work of art. Yes, they are. Okay, and I, and I have struggled with uh, deciding that. So, so if, for example, right now there's a, uh, on Kickstarter, there's a uh, kind of a Dungeon Master screen, so that wouldn't make it. Uh, so game components. How about those mathematical dice that were real popular a little while ago? Would those, they're dice, but they're not really a game, so they couldn't, wouldn't fall on that list either, right? That is correct. They didn't actually have a rule set with them, so I didn't consider them an actual game. Okay, in the top ten. So I've tracked, uh, as you know, on, on my list, kind of uh, how many game activities are happening. So I've got things on there like the card games and the artwork and the dice and everything. But it's interesting to see your top ten board game list because these are, I mean, in reality, these are brand new games that we've never that never existed before. Oftentimes, from brand new game companies, and these things are now starting to generate, you know, a fairly significant amount amount of money, aren't they? Yes, uh, D Day Dice, the number one board game right now, just today reached a hundred thousand dollars. 
$100,000, you know, it was a month ago, I kind of, I put out a prediction, there's a, some software out there, I put out a prediction that we would have a game break the 100,000 barrier by August of 2012. I didn't realize it would be like four weeks later that uh, D-Day Dice did that. What do you, what do you think D-Day Dice is going to end up at? Right now, they're, they're getting close to $3,000 a day. So if that trend continues, it'll be about $120,000. Hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Now that's the kind of money that if somebody gave it to you, you wouldn't give it back, right? Yes, that's for sure. <laughs> so, uh, how much effort does it take for you to keep that list going and kind of tr track that information? Every day, I go to the Kickstarter website and I check all the active games and just see how close it is to achieving the next level. So, really, it's, it's a daily update. Then, if it's getting close to Going up another level, I'll check it several times a day. And uh, when you when you're doing that, do you do you get, keep track of how many people are starting to follow your list or how many people visit your uh, your list? Uh, actually, not. Okay. I've noticed several people have thumbed it on Board Game Geek. I, and, be, I being one of them. Thank you. And I've noticed I'm starting to get several replies to different items that I put on there. So I know there's at least a small following. Okay, what do, you what do you think? What do you see the trend happening here? Um, uh, these games are popping up there. Uh, money's pouring in. What's your take on this whole Kickstarter thing? It's quite surprising to me how much money is being generated. These are startup companies for the most part. Right. Of course, J-Dice isn't. It's, it's actually the first game that the designer put out. But for the most part, it's the first game a publisher has created. And so there's no history associated with that, a lot of times the designer or the publisher. So I'm quite surprised how much money it's actually generating. Yeah, and we're talking about some serious money. As I reported in Oct early October, we were at $1.2 million for 2011. And a prediction I put out this week was that I think there's probably going to be close to $500,000, half a million dollars in December alone will be pledged to, to successful Kickstarter game projects alone. Now we're starting to get into some serious money. What do you think? Do you think there's a pent-up demand that wasn't be, being met? Or is there a bit of a hysteria, buzz, uh, bubble going on here? What do you, what do you think? I actually think it's more of a bubble right now. Do you? Yeah. The, you have to remember that at one point, the, the number one game was, what was it? I forgot now. Um, Alien, well, Alien uh, Frontiers for a while. And it was $14,000. That was $14,000. Eminent Domain last uh, November, a year ago. You know, they kind of... still top 10. It was his, yeah, they were the kind of the first ones to get there, but they're not going to last in the top 10 much longer at this rate. Not at this rate, they're not. No, Muska... Uh, uh, yeah, Mus they're number seven right now. Yeah, they went from number one to number seven, kind of in a hurry. Yes, yes, they did. So if it... But, it so, but I've noticed that there are a lot of games hitting Kickstarter now. But out of all the games that are hitting, only a few are actually getting a lot of funding now. Right. So we're getting we're getting a lot of uh, noise out there, but still, it's only a few. Have you seen any kind of? Do you, do you have any sense of a, a feel for the trend? Excuse me for the uh, what people are liking. I mean, we're, we're seeing the games out there. Is have, have you identified any kind of indicators what would make a uh, top ten game? What it looks like to me is it has to be some type of popularity associated with it at the time. 
So there has for to be example, a, a dice was a print and play game that was in process of being updated for two years. So a lot of people in Board Game Geek actually knew about the game. Then you have Alien Frontiers, which was, well, it started out as two expansions, and as time rolled on, they started getting more and more funding, it started to three expansions. So that already had a good base. Yeah, I had buzz from last year of being a successful $14,000, wow, look how much money they got, success to that buzz carried over to this year. Now, it's interesting is that uh, Clever Mojo Games, which puts out uh, Alien Frontiers, had two games at the same time on Kickstarter. Yes, they did. And that and one of them, Alien Frontiers Factions, generated about $76,000. And uh, Sunrise City generated about thirty dollars to $35,000, which was, is that still on the top 10? Is it still? It's at number nine at the moment. It's hanging on. It's hanging on. There's one coming up right now. Um, Schlock Mercenary, I think is the name of it. Yeah, Schlock Mercenary I've covered on my show. That one there fits into your criteria. Schlock Mercenary is a board game based on a web comic that has a quarter of a million fans. So that one, is it... Is it, gets, it I, I project that one will easily go... I think it'll go past 50,000. It has a very good chance to because of the popularity of the web comic. Right. It has, it has nothing to do with the game, actually. Nothing to do, well, a little bit to do with the game, but mostly I think it's just popularity of the comic strip itself. So I'm guessing that your advice would be if I've got a game and I want to put it on Kickstarter, if you want to be successful, now, and then we don't have to talk about being a top 10, but if you want to be successful, uh, waiting is probably better taking your time, building up a fan base, getting people to use it, talking about it, and then putting it out there based on what you've seen, that would probably be the smarter thing to do is actually wait and put in a little bit of legwork beforehand before that game hits Kickstarter. Yes, I believe that is true. I've seen a lot of games hit Kickstarter that really don't feel like they've had a lot of playtesting. And as a gamer, you want to make sure that these board games are actually playable. And I think that games that have actually been out there for a while in a different form are more likely to be pledged on. Uh, that track record that you're, that you're talking about, right? That, uh, yeah. that, that sense of uh, validation that this is for real. Yeah. Uh, you can take Flashpoint Fire Rescue, for example. Awesome, ga actually, awesome game. Awesome oh, game. I've actually had it, but I haven't played it yet. But it was a print-on-demand game through Game Crafters for at least a year. Right. So its name was out there before it actually became a commercial product. Yeah, that's a perfect example of putting the game. So why do you think some people uh, would rush it? What do you think is going on if they get it out there prematurely? Why would you think that's happening? I think that they're seeing the funding that's happening on Kickstarter now and are wanting to get in on that action. Yeah, so that would be the people who thinking that this is a bubble. And if I get in now, uh, like... Uh, with the tide, all boats are rising, so I'll get some money just simply because people are going are click happy right now. Yes, interesting. You know, we're gonna we're gonna see that. My opinion on that is slightly different, uh, but there might be some truth to what you're saying. I think there's a long term trend going on here that fundamentally shifts a lot of the board game thing. But yes, there is certainly some speculation, and it'll be interesting when the 
if and when a crash happens, how it happens. Does it take it all the way down and suddenly uh, we walk away from Kickstarter and never do it again? Or is there a kind of a, a settling and, a, and a, a thinning out where people can easily, quickly identify a, a game that's worth backing? I don't know, though, but still, you know, sometimes I'll see a game go up there, and if I establish emotional connection to that game for whatever reason, you know, I'm a backer of Schlock, but that's because I've known Howard Taylor for, you know, he came to my wedding. I mean, the, the guy, know, I've known him for a long time. So I'm going to back that. Uh, I see another game goes out there, or a friend of mine puts it out there. I'm going to back it. The emotional side of things, I will continue to back, and that seems to be some of the success that some of these Kickstarter projects are having. Yeah, there, there's one outlier to my theory. Yeah. And that's the currently number four board game, which is Creatures. Right. And it has, it, it just came out of nowhere and just shot up the chart. Yeah, nobody, no, uh, just brand new, right? Nobody had seen it. It just got, it came on the nobody, scene. Nobody had seen it. It had never been a print and play or a print on demand. It just, so here's, so let's take, here's the game. If we look at Creatures, there might be one thing, and that is Creatures has a tendency to be outside the tra- uh, a lot of these other games that we're seeing. Uh, and what I mean by that is the, kind of a theme of these games is that we could say that there's a Euro theme to them. They, they tend to all kind of fit into a category. Is that accurate, or am I overgeneralizing with that? I believe that's pretty accurate. I think also the price of the game for Creatures might have had something to do with its popularity. You Would, get a full the full game for fifteen dollars. And D Day Dice is kinda in that same boat, right? D Day Dice is if you look at the the average backing yeah. pledge, yeah. It's around ninety five dollars at the moment. Right. and I saw that, which is crazy because you can get in for the game. I have to go look at it. What is it? What's the minimum? You get a copy of the game, it's $35. $35 to get a copy of the game. Yet the average pledge, right, they've got over 1,000 backers and $100,000. That math is easy. Yes. Yeah, that's 100 bucks. So what is prompting people to spend three times the amount to simply get the game? What is in, it? This, in this case, it's the line for life that they have. Right, you're not only buying a game, you're buying a lifetime of whatever else they put out. Lifetime subscription to everything they put out for this game. So that would be that's 400 people that have done that uh, that line for life. They've had 400, not four. They've had about 300 and uh, 300. Yeah, yeah, 350. That's what they did. 350 people have pledged for that, but that still leaves 650 people. Uh, I guess yeah, you know, the price maybe the price drops down a little bit when uh, when you start looking at that. Still. Still, it's 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 kind of crazy, and and it's causing people to look at that model and say, is that a model that we should be pursuing? Upfront funding for long term, you know, long term sacrifice. Yeah, but for D Day Dice, they actually have a list on the Kickstarter of what expansions they actually have planned for the next two years. Yeah, so you're not. This isn't. Uh, this isn't kind of a crapshoot in the dark. No, it's not blind faith. You're actually. You actually see what they have planned. Right. Okay. All right. Interesting. So uh, you got any predictions? What do you think? Uh, end of the year or uh, what do you think we're going to see in the next month or two of a, uh, of a fallout as far as the top 10 list goes? The way the funding is happening now, I'd say, well, your top 
three will probably remain unless something very, very popular comes along. So who are the, what are the top three right now? The top three, Z-Day Dice. Okay. Uh, it's at $100,000 at the moment. Alien Fractions, Alien Frontiers Fractions is at 76. And then the Glory to Rome, which wasn't a new game. It was a new artwork for an existing game. But the existing game, everybody complained about how terrible the artwork was. Yeah, so they, they, well, like the, they like the game, right? This. Yeah, they said, if you help us print this, we'll give you new artwork. And it's at 73000 at the moment. And when you drop down to number four, it's at 56000 Is that uh, is that the Miskatonic School for Girls? Number four presently is Creatures. Oh, Creatures, right. And so we got Schlock Mercenary out there. I've been kind of looking to see if we've got any uh, big... Big deal. You got the Miskatonic School for Girls, which is still active, and it's just is it? It's around fifty thousand. It is presently at fifty-one thousand. Yes. Uh, well, that's the last time I as on November thirtieth, so it may have gone up since then. Tasty Minstrel Games has got. Uh, they think that their Age of Steam and I can never remember the name of that game. Uh, Air and Steam, something like that. Yeah. I couldn't remember it last time. They're at t- like twenty-five. They think that they've got something that's going. So that's the folks that put out Eminent Domain. So that one has a chance to, to get up there on that list. Yeah, it has quite a few days left. So it has a pretty good chance of making the list. So as we wrap up here with the last, few, uh, last minute or so, you mentioned that you don't cover role-playing games. Are there some role-playing games that have been on Kickstarter that would have made it onto your top ten list that you're aware of? I believe there are. I cannot tell you the names of them. Um, and why? And what's the decision on that? The decision to not include them? Right, to not put them on the list. I'm doing this for Board Game Geek, and so I decided that it should just rely basically on board games or board and card games. I know that there's RPG Geek, but I just want to concentrate on board games because actually that's what I'm mostly interested in. Fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, that, that certainly makes sense. Well, Doug, I certainly appreciate you taking a few minutes uh, out of your uh, evening to, um, to talk to us about your list. I watch it uh, regularly and I follow it. I certainly appreciate that you've put it up there. I do a similar list. Now, nah, similar is not right. On Purple Pawn, I write the uh, weekly update on the Kickstarter projects. And mine includes the RPGs and the artwork and that type of thing. But uh, it's nice to I constantly refer back to yours to kind of see where everybody's going. Because it can be kind of tedious weeding through all those games. Every once in a while, one pops up, and it's like, whoa, where'd that one come from? Yeah, I've had that happen. Yep, and uh, I have too. So, Doug, thank you very much for your time, and we look forward to the success of your list continuing. Thank you. You've been listening to Funding the Dream, a Game Whisperer podcast for Kickstarters. I'm Richard Bliss, your host. Thank you for listening, and take care. <laughs>